This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. We've made the kvias on Matzah Shabbos to speak about um, Gdolim, whose yard site is the month, in the coming month. Um, the, I guess a certain problem I've run into is that there are a lot of important people whose yard site we don't know, or whose yard site comes out in months that there's no Mabba Malka. So I wanted to, so I, I want to go back and do people that I think missed um, that are very important and either we don't have a yard site for them the, especially the earlier ones we don't have a yard site for them and uh, they're very important and to understand history and to understand a lot of things so I wanted to speak I, I wanted to start going to a certain seder of Doris and so on so the person I want to speak about tonight is Reb Sadiagorin so first we spoke about Triagorin recently um, let's talk a little bit, um, just explain a little bit about the Tkufa Sagaon and where people were, what was going on, and so on, because his history is the one we know the most about. It's probably the stormiest just because we know the most about it, and, and give us a, a, an insight into a lot of different dynamics. After the Churban Beis Migdash, the Tkufa Mishnah, Tkufa Gemara, there was a a Tkufa called Rabbanus Veroy, which we don't know much about, and it sort of flowed into the Tkufa Zagonim. We'll pick 600 as an arbitrary year for when it started, until about the year 1000 or so. Where were the Jews at the time? So the Torah Center had switched from, uh, from Eretz Yisrael, even in much earlier, to Bavel. And Bavel was the strongest center. And there were two yeshivas in Bavel, Sura and Pompadisa, that these were the two great Torah centers of Kal Yisrael. And this was um, the focal point of Kal Yisrael. In other words, the, 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 the place where most of the Jews and the most developed community was, was Bavel. Um, the, the yeshiva Sura and Pompadisa were not yeshivas the way we have them today as much. They were more like, I don't know if Sanhedrin is the right word for it, but they were sort of a, um, a, a makom for the Chshuvi Torah. They had um, the Gdole Harabonim, and they had Talmidim. They learned there. They had people come for Yarchikala. It, it was a Torah center, I guess would be the best way of saying it. And the two of them were Sur and Pompadisa. Those were the two yeshivas in Bavel. Eretz Yisrael had a smaller yeshuv, smaller Torah centers, but they had their own geonim, and there was sometimes friction um, between them. The Jews also spread out; they kept spreading out. So um, Jews also went down to Egypt, which is further down, and there was a well-developed community there. And then further, Tunisia, there was a place called Quran um, that had um, uh, Torah centers, yeshivas, and people, and so on. But by and large, the, the Bavel was the center. The two yeshivas in Bavel were the ones who answered Shilas from the whole world. 
from the whole Jewish world came Shilas to them, and that, that was considered to be the center of it. Uh, um, the, the big, there was something about the internal structure of the Jewish community that had issues. There was something called the Reish Galusa, the Reish Hagoyla, who was sort of the civilian head of the Jewish community. Um, he was an all-powerful personality. He was, like we would say, the president of a shul, but they were very powerful. The Gemara speaks about Reish Galusa. They sort of saw themselves as remnants of Beis David and, um, and wielded power and also lived quite majestically. And people had mixed feelings, sometimes very proud of him because it was, it was very chashev, mechubed. They also were not always happy with the, with the lifestyle and so on. But that was, the Reish Galusa was a very important figure. Many of the years, they, they, they had powers endowed to them by whoever was the, the ruling um, Goyesha, you know, whoever, whichever Goyim ruled it. So they, they had power possibly backed by the government. The heads of the yeshiva was the Go'on, and he was supposed to be um, the, the religious head of Kala Yisrael. He was appointed by the Reish Galusa, and it wasn't always a good situation. That obviously was a recipe for friction and so on. Um, they were bound, they were bound to the... Uh, rule of the, of the Reish Galusa. They kind of um, served under him in a certain sense. And believe it or not, Ali, the son-in-law of Muhammad, who depending if you're Sunni or Shiite, believed that he was the, the, the only real caliph or the fourth caliph, which does make a difference much for us, he gave the Gaonim autonomous power vis-a-vis the Reish Galusa. He, um, I guess he was an Ayyavtair of some sort, and he felt that, that they, sh- they, they shouldn't be beholden to Reish Galusa, and he created that, that um, split. But be it as it may, they were, there was, you had a, a, a chief civil um, authority, and you had a chief religious authority. Those, that was a second akuda in, in play. The, the, um, the religious um, challenges to Claudius Yisrael came from two groups. The Karoim had become very powerful. Now, the major figure in the Karoim's development was somebody named Anan. He was like kind of 7th century, 700s, I think. Um, also, you know, there's disagreements, but in 700s seems to be the right number. It's also not clear if he actually founded it from scratch or he just solidified a lot of opposition, but he was very big into um, only Torah Shabbat Sav. Plus, um, it's important to keep traditions and use your seichel. It was a grab bag. You can't, Torah Shabbat Sav itself is not a, it doesn't give you any religion, so they had a grab bag of other stuff, but the Karoim were a very powerful and drawing card. If you'll take a look and you'll see um, in, in many of the Rishonim, like we see Evan Ezra sometimes um, argues with them. That's, that's his, 
nemesis. In other words, the Kairoim and their Pshatim and the Kashas they asked, he deals with that. So, and it's possible that that's why many of the works of these Rishonim focused on Pshat, because it was in the battleground that the Kairoim had set. There was um, one draw away from uh, Yiddishkeit. The second uh, force was in Islam itself. There was, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, Metaliza, who were more rational Muslims, and they believed in taking the truths of the philosophers and integrating it, and you know they they they, they shaved down a lot of the um, Muslim beliefs. They made them into allegories and, and so on, and to a point where the Muslims declared them to be Epicarsim and so on. But th- th- that that whole that whole um, uh, rationalist understanding was another um, ideology that drew people away from Yiddishkeit. And so, you know, there were Jewish people who, who had similar approaches to a degree where they basically were, would, would strip Torah and mitzvahs of any meaning and so on. Those were the, this was the background of what's happening and so on. Um, I always, so, when speaking about Sadia Goyen, I always try to say where I get my material from. Um, Reb Sadia Goyen has a number of works written about him but they all more or less have the same core material. And the one that I liked the most was written by uh, a from German rabbiner doctor. His name was Josef Una, and somewhere like in the 1930s, 1940s. And he, um, and he has a monograph of Sadi Goyen. And again, the sources are either of Sadi Goyen himself, he was a, an extraordinary prolific writer. Uh, I mean, We'll see later, like, like possibly, you know, tens and tens and tens and tens, if not more, um, works. He was so. So there are things there that that they drew on. There was a little bit um, other material. There were books written against Trepsadi Goyen. We'll see about that also. And um, there was also a little bit of material to say, but more or less, that's the material, and, and people try to fill in what they try to make it a pieces, but um, that's, that's very people's opinions and so on. We'll try to stick to what we know and, and from the, 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 um, the bits and pieces that we have. Um, Reb Tzadigorn wrote everything, I believe, almost every safe of his, came out every safe of his in Arabic, that was the spoken language, um, and he and Bemela, and a lot of it we have a lot of bits and pieces from the Cairo Gniza. Full form of his, we probably have only one plus, but there's tons and tons and tons of bits and pieces from other sperm that he mentions and so on. Um, so we'll try to, to discuss that. He was born in 882 in Egypt. Rav Shriya Goyen was a Goyen in the Tkufa that he was born, and he grew up in Egypt. Like we said before, Egypt was a wealthy community. It was not the major Torah center, and that would become an issue later. Iraq was, but he grew up in Egypt. The, um, 
we don't have much information, but we we do have the works that is that is that he wrote, and one of his earliest works that he wrote was a sefer called Sefer Agron, which was a dictionary grammar book. In uh, it's, and it's interesting, the Arabs because. Islam started in the 600s and was beca- had become a big force and Arabic was the language. They um, felt it important to create some sort of Arabic grammar and dictionary and so on and so forth to, so that everybody could be on the quote-unquote same page. Um, he felt that the knowledge of Hebrew had gone down terribly, and it's true. Most of the Jews spoke Arabic had very little familiarity with Hebrew, and that's why he, he, everything he wrote was in Arabic. And he felt that the quality of things people writing in Hebrew were bad. So his first forum he wrote, he must have been about 20 years old or so, was um, a sefer that had, it, it had how to correctly write poetry in Hebrew, how to correctly write prose in Hebrew, diktuk, all sorts of things about the language and so on. This was something that he would become, uh, would become, he wrote many, sorry, he wrote a, a sefer on 70 words in Hebrew that appear once in, 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 in Tanakh or Chumash and to try to find what the meaning is. And he wrote a lot of, and again, most of the things we only have mentions of it or, um, or bits and pieces in the Geniza. But that was something that he himself wrote um, he himself wrote uh, a lot of piyutim, um, and uh, even this, even the rishonim that were against piyutim, his piyutim they felt was was extremely high quality and clear and so on. But he was a big linguist, and that was something he wrote many many svarim on it. The um, the first work after that, we have in 915, he wrote a, a book against the karoyim. It was obviously something that was a major issue, and he wrote um, a book against them, and this would become part, a lot of his, in his firm on Chumash, we have some of it, and others firm, fighting against the Karoyim, and was very, very strong. The Karoyim returned the battle, they, they wrote Svarim, and um, he, he ran a pitch battle with them through most of his life. There was also somebody um, named Chivya Belachi who wrote a very strong attack against Tanakh um, 200 questions and um, being Saisa Tanakh in every way possible and, and um, very very um, real, real apicars from A to Z they used to call him instead of Chivya Habalachi was from Balach they called him Chivya Kalbi, Meloshin Kelev. That was the, not his friends. And, um, the, the, and he, Rasad Yagorim, would write a, a, a safer answering all his tainus and counter, you know, counterattacking and so on. But this was, these were the people that he kept battling with, and, and this was uh, his battle. He went to Eretz Yisrael, he left Egypt. Unclear. At 950, it, he, and, and that year, 915, he left Eretz Yisrael, worked his, he left Egypt, worked his way through Eretz Yisrael, and ended up 
in um, Iraq. It took him seven years or so of wandering to get there, and uh, it's not clear why he left Egypt. It's a good svara that the Karoyim were not happy with him, and they either made life very miserable for him, or they got the government to make life miserable for him, or he was afraid that they would make life miserable for him, and he left. It's not clear at all. It's, it's not an unreasonable assumption that the, 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 the Karoyim were very strong in Egypt, and Bimela, um coming out warring against them was not good. He left. He, didn't, he wasn't able to bring his family for seven years to be with him, and he wrote about it. It, it, it was something that was oddly hard for him and heavy for him. He, he met some of the Chachmer Yisrael, including one of the Goinim, Aaron Bemeyer, which we'll see um, later as a fascinating inter, uh, interaction of his. And he ended up in, uh, in Iraq. In 1920, now, he, he didn't have, his, he had a position at the, um, he had a position in, in Surah, Pompadisa was the stronger of the two um, yeshivas. Sura was weaker and wasn't doing all that well. But he had a position called the Aluf. He signed Aluf, which was sort of the third position. And it was also reserved for outsiders. And that's an important consideration we'll see later. Um, they, they were very, very proud of their moistness. And the fact that some Egyptian could come in and become a Rosh Hashiva wasn't, uh, you know, that wasn't relevant. They had a job for him, but not, you know, they, they, they kept for, for, for pure Iraqis, they kept their high position. And he was number three. In the year, a year later, the, um, the Rosh Hashiva of, uh, in, in Eretz Yisrael, the Goyen Eretz Yisrael, his, this was Rev. Aaron Ben Meyer, came out with the following um, chiddush. So it was Nagia the calendar, and it was Nagia a radical change. And let's explain a little bit what that radical change was. There are four klolim in making a year in the calendar. In other words, when do you push off Rosh Hashanah um, and which day do you push it off to? Two of them are very important. In, in other words, if the Meilad is at a certain time in the day, it, the Rosh Hashanah gets pushed off for a day later. Normally, on the day that you have the Meilad, um, you have the uh, Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, if the Meilad is on Rosh Hashanah morning, that would, be the, that would be Rosh Hashanah. If it is in the afternoon, it gets pushed off a day. That's called, a, if it's a Meila Zakin. And two, if you have um, Rosh Hashanah can't come out on Sunday, on Wednesday, or on Friday. Loi adu roish. And therefore, if the day that you, that the, the Rosh Hashanah is supposed to be is either Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. You push it off another day. So, so the two important things about the term of Rosh Hashanah is is going to be when the Meilat is plus um, which day of the week it is. 
the cutoff that we know is Chatzois. And that year, the Moilid was going to be after Chatzois, which would mean that Rashad had pushed off a day. I think, I don't remember which day was going to come, but it meant pushing off a second day. And that was the calendar we normally had. The Goyen in Artisrael, Baron Bemeyer, said that he has a Messiris, that it's not Chatzois, but you have another 600 Halakim or something, some, some number. If it's within that range, it's still the old day, and you make Rashad that day. Um, it was a Messiris that wasn't known, and he proclaimed that. Reb Sadiagoyen said, that's absolute nonsense, no way. And it became an intense war. The Rebbe the that Kiddush HaChodesh is up to Eretz Yisrael, and only the Bezin Yatzol, the Yeshiva Yatzol, can determine that. And since he's Rosh Yeshiva, and that's what the Yeshiva decided, that's what it's going to be. Um, in 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 Bavel in Iraq, they yeah when there was a Sanhedrin, you mekadesh lechodesh in Eretz Yisrael. We're not mekadesh lechodesh beriyah. We do not be cheshbon. The centers in 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 Bavel was stronger in Eretz Yisrael, certainly not beholden to them. And he's coming with a chiddush, no way. And there was major war between the two communities, with letters and 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 books and and trying to persuade and this and that. For a year, for two, Rosh Hashanah and Pesach was celebrated on two different days, two days apart actually, in um, Eretz Yisrael and in Babel. The Karoyim had a field day, obviously, because one of the things that, that one of the times against the Karoyim was everybody makes their own month when they want to. And they said, well, look who's talking. And um, it was a lot of bit of fighting. Slowly, almost all Abanim backed up Sadiagoyen, and after the two times that they pushed off, everybody fell into line to Sadiagoyen's sack, and that's what it stayed. That was the first big battle. He wrote a safe explaining the, the calendar and, and so on, but this was a major battle. Um, I've seen somebody write about explaining the other side. I wasn't able to get hold of it, I, so, but upon him, it, it seems, it, it, it doesn't seem to have a mockum, but I'm sure there was some sort of mockum fit. But that was a big battle that he was involved in, is his battle against the uh, Ar- Ben Meir, and he won. And it was older on bottom side. With, at the end, everybody side. No, nobody was left with it. The um, the next one was a much harder issue, much harder battle. The um, in in like I said before, there were two yeshivas. There was Pompadisa and there was Sura. Pompadisa was thriving, did well. Sura had gone through some issues and, and so on, and it was not doing terribly well. Deroish Galusa, was somebody named David Ben Zakai, wanted to rejuvenate the yeshiva, and he wanted to give it a shot in the arm and bring it back to its former glory and so on and so forth. He had two candidates. Um, one candidate was somebody named Rav Tzemach, who had, he was local, which was one plus, and he also had appropriate yichas. I think they were supposed to have yichas in the Malach or something. They were supposed to have some sort of appropriate yichas, and that was in his favor. Rav Sadia was hands down a much bigger Tamad Chacham, and there was no comparison to that. 
he offered the job to somebody named Reb Nisi Narvani, who was blind, and he turned it down. And, he, and Reb David Ben Zakkai asked him for an Eitzah, who should he choose to be um, the next, who, who should he take as the Goyen? So he answered him, even though, he said about Reb Sadia Goyen, he, he, he said he should take Reb Tzemech, not Reb Sadia. Why? He said, even though, and this is a quote, even though Rapsadia is an Adam Gadol and a Muthlig in Chachma, um, he's, he, he's a hate and so on, but he has a fault that he's not scared of anybody and doesn't change his opinion because of anybody in the world because he's smarter than everybody and can explain it better and so on. So you can't, he, he's not malleable. You can't manipulate him, and that's a chisarin. So therefore, we should take Rav Tzemach. David ben Zakkai, the Reish Galusa, took Rav Sadiagoyen and decided he should be the one to head the yeshiva. Now, we have some other, it's interesting, just as an aside, we have Rashi mentions Rav Sadiagoyen a few times. He mentions him in Chumash, mentions him in Navi, and so on. Um, and the Rambam mentions him in Igeris Teman. He argues with Rapsadia Goyen about the um, about explaining the kitzim that are mentioned in Daniel. You know when Mashiach will come. Rapsadia Goyen did write a kitz, and the Rambam says even though Rapsadia Goyen wrote it, um, it's wrong. He said Reb Sadiagon did it for a reason, and he writes Reb Sadiagon, if not for him, Torah would have been forgotten in Kal Yisrael. That was the, that's the lesson he writes Reb Sadiagon. So Reb Sadiagon is held in, in the Deiris, in, in very, very high esteem. But Al Kalpanim, he became now the head of the Yeshiva and Surah. He raised money in Egypt for it. He had friends in Egypt, raised money for in Egypt and began to rebuild the yeshiva to be a very strong yeshiva. Um, a case came before him. David ben Zakkai, the Rosh Galusa, had arbitrated a big fight on Yerusha, and the, um, the, he, he had made a decision about uh, the, the Yerusha, about uh, how to divide up a certain Yerusha of very wealthy people, plus a 10% commission for himself. Rav Sadigon looked at the Psak and he asked Rav Sadigon to sign off on it. Rav Sadigon looked at it, and he did not think it was right. So, diplomatically, he wanted to get out of it, and he told him to, um, to send it to the Roshiva, to the Goyen in Pompadisa. He should sign off on it, and he'll sign second. The other one's older, whatever it is, he'll sign off second on it. Um, he thought that for sure the Goyen Pompadisa would never sign off on it because it's dead wrong, and so on. The Goyen Pompadisa did sign off on it, and then he brought it to Repsadi Goyen. Repsadi Goyen said, you don't need it, you have his signature, what do you need me? He didn't like that. And he sent it to him that he has to sign. And he told him, no way, it's wrong. And it's 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 gazel to, to, to divide up the money like this. It's very wrong, and I'm not going to sign on it. 
he sent his son, this David ben Zakkai, the, the Reish Palusa sent his son um, once, twice, um, and his, um, to speak to him. He finally got to a point where he threatened Reb Sadiqon with a patch if he's not going to sign it. Reb Sadiqon's gabai took him and threw him, tossed him out of the house. He came back running to his father, and his father fired Reb Sadiqon. Um, now, the city was a ruckus. Um, some people felt, was, many people cited Reb Sadiqon. A lot of it had to do with the fact that they disliked the 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 Reish Galusa, let's like them in general and, and specifically, some held that. He appointed a different Goyen instead of Rapsadia Goyen. And I think Rapsadia Goyen tried to appoint a different Reish Galusa, was a whole big balagat. <laughs> so the, the Reish Galusa um, did, he went to the government, to, to the Khalaf, the Khalif, or whatever, and asked him to intervene. He was, he was not stupid, and he said, he first wants to find out the facts, and he had a commission study it. Whatever it is, he never got around to doing anything, he died. The next, the next Khalifa, the next ruler, was a lot more of a practical person. He just asked for cash, and that's it. <laughs> so, Dover Zakai obliged, he got the cash, and the government ordered him out of his governess. And he spent the next Kufa, um, the next Kufa isolated, kind of not engaged in any government, uh, in, in any capacity. And he wrote, this was a Kufa when he wrote a lot. And his most important, most known work for us is the Munas Vedeus he wrote in that period of time. The Munas Vedeus is the first. Jewish work of theology. The first Sefer to explain Ikri Amuna, to deal with many topics, um, and it's, it's, it's absolutely the first Sefer of, of its type in, 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 in Jewish history. It was written in Arabic. We have many translations of it, but it was written in Arabic. He, um, it was something that was a, um, it, it's a classic, Ariyomazer, and and uh, this was written at Kufa. He mentions nothing in the Sefer about the fights, the arguments. It's all tachlis. Uh, how do we know there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that is one, the Torah, Kriyas HaMesim, and and so on. And in many ways, a lot of the ideas. The Rambam argues on some of the ideas, but a lot of ideas he, he does take. It's, it's, it's a safer that certainly is a predecessor for that type of approach. He, he quotes, he proves things from Seichel, from Psukim, from Mesoris. It, it's, it's a, a lot of the ideas are later on used in different ways by, by different sphere. That's one safer he wrote. He, he, he might have written many other sphere, I don't know, um, but. He, but there's one other sefer that he did write, that's an incredibly, incredibly unusual sefer. It's called Sefer Hagilui. He wrote it in Hebrew, then in in a much larger version in Arabic, and then retranslated in Hebrew or, 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 or added Hebrew to it. I, I it, it, somebody did put it out 
again, we had bits, we had parts of it. Somebody put out as much as was possible with a lot of commentary and so on uh, about two or three, a few years ago. I, I can't have a hard time, I couldn't get a hold of it. It's not in the library. It, it's, they have it in libraries, it's out. I, but but it, was, it was done, it was like a, a scholarly work where they did it and, and so on. And this person basically took the works, the Sefer HaGilui, plus some other works against Rapsadi Goyen, all, all the polemics, and put them together and tried to explain what was going on, the wars and so on. It's an unusual Sefer. It's written in Hebrew, the first one. It's written poetically. It's written with Taimia Mikra. And it's written almost as if it was a Navi, that flavor. And he goes through first the Masoris from Sinai through the Ga'inim and what the role of the Ga'inim and Tamicham Kais was. And then he gets to work on explaining how rotten and decadent the institution of the Reish Galusa and in, in, uh, in, in Baghdad and names names and says very, very, very sharp things about people and how rotten it is and so on. It's incredible work. It's, it's, it's not an easy read because it's, it's, it's written sort of poetically and, and you have to figure out what it says. It's, it's like, it's hard. But, but he doesn't, he says, mentions names and says extraordinary sharp things. Um, this person also published, people had written against Rapsadi Goren's works. Somebody wrote very strongly against um, some of his works, you know, calling him Rapikoros, um, that he's too much rationalist, this, that, the other thing. It was a tkufa when people didn't mince words and they, and they said Kalala Rucha. Very, very sharp, very polemical. Again, the whole thing is the vast majority, except for the little bits in Hebrew that he put, was Arabic originally, and 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 and, and the parts that are in, in Hebrew are written like it would be a safer uh, in in you know in the VM. So it's not easy, but it, it, it's it's something which is highly unusual. I, I you know if I mean, I think from a logic point of view. What's the heter? I assume it's like it says that that you're megalim as a chanofim. There's a gemara that says you're allowed to be megala to people that pretend to to be tzaddikim, and because they're such a they, they are so bad for the tzibur, you're allowed to be megala them. I mentioned the same question. The chida in his memoirs writes about certain people very very sharply. I assume they're all going with that same heter. Well, Kapanim, it's an, it was an incredibly stormy, stormy um, uh, relationship. It, there, Adkan, until this point, everybody knows this written, and, and there's no, um, you know, there's nothing, uh, it, no, nothing controversial. Every, this is common, and what it's what he wrote, what others wrote, and that's known. There's an, there's an epilogue to the story that's written in one place. It's the Seder Adairis brings it from Sefer Yuchsin. Both of these, both of those Mekoris are not 100% reliable. In other words, it's not that they woefully write some, but a lot of Sefer Yuchsin has been questioned as to how much of it is stories that he heard and put in without having reliable um, 
critique on it, but al kapanim, it is there, and it just happens to be nice, so we'll add it. Um, things had gotten very bad. You know, it was the continuation of the story. So as far as we know, there was this massive fight, and basically, um, Reb Sadiqan retired to a corner to do his stuff and write and so on and so forth. The um, the 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 hemshech of that of that story is again the way the Sefer Yuchsin and then Sefer Doros quotes Sefer Yuchsin. We don't have it that way in Sefer Yuchsin. That's why I'm saying I don't know how reliable, except that it exists. The um, there there came a point when somebody wanted to bring it in Torah and. This David Ben Zakeh was going to be one of the Dayanim, and then somebody chose Upsadigon, and he got very upset, and he had the guy beaten up, and then finally people had enough of it, and someone sat and really let him have it, and uh, David Ben Zakeh said he's Mucha to make Shalom. Uh, he, then he went to Upsadigon and pressured him. He said he's Mucha to make Shalom. Uh, on Tainis Esther, both sides made Shalom, and on Purim, they had a suited together. Um, and the epilogue to that was that a short time later, um, David Ben Zakkai died. He left over a son, and his son died within seven months of him. And he left over Yasim of twelve, and Absadiyagon raised him for the next two years until he died. He raised him again. I don't know. I can't. Uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful story if it happened, but. I, I don't know what to say, but but the machlokis was real, and 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 uh, very very difficult machlokis. Um, Sadiqoyen left an extraordinary amount of writings, like I said before, um, almost all of it in Arabic, um, almost all of it. We have bits, pieces, genizes here, there, and so on. Well, we have more substantial, uh, so let's just go through some of the things he wrote. We said before, first thing is, he was the first one, he, he recognized that the Jews are now speaking Arabic and not Hebrew, and he put out a translation, an Arabic translation of Chumash. Um, he beat Art Scroll by it thousand years or so, but in art scroll, in, in, in Arabic, not, not in English. He then put out a Pirish on Chumash, and in actually, and the, and the Pirish is like to shine him a lot. The, um, the, in one place he actually speaks about Ikrim, 10 Ikrim of Emunah, and um, in, 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 in the end of Shmois he adds to it a, a part about uh, Emunah, about Ikrim and Yesodos and Emunah and so on. He wrote on almost all of Tanakh, there's a peerage of his. And all these things that become your son as a person finds something and he, and he attributes it to him, not clear. But by and large, we have pretty much all Tanakh or reference to all of Tanakh. It's not clear in Chumash how far he got, whether it's told the end by Yikr or not. We do have Breshes, we have Shmois, or something collected from most of and everything. We have, he wrote on an incredible amount of halachic works, just incredible. On Shtaris, on on Yerushis, on uh, Piktonos, on on Bikvos, on 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 on, on Trefis, and a lot, a lot, a lot of topics. Whatever they made a list of what he mentioned or what we have fragments of, and and it's a stupendous amount of material. He wrote a Pirush on Sefer Yitzira, 
in 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 the type of um, in the type of the perspective that was no there was no in those days that with that type of approach, he wrote a sitter sitter of Sadigoyim, with it has halachas on it, it has um, piyutim that he added a lot and things of that nature. We have the um, the Amunis Vedeis that I spoke about. We have this. Um, we have all sorts of polemics against the the uh, polemics against the Karaites, polemics against this Chivi uh, Ablachi. Um, we have the Sefer Gili, which is highly, highly uh, unusual type of book to be written. But he put a lot of care into it. We have books where people attacked him for his shitas and so on. Um, and uh, we have some chubas of his that are collected and, 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 and you know, put together. Like upon him, there's nobody in the Tkufa Sagonim. Tkufa Sagonim was an incredibly big Tkufa in Klal Yisrael's history. You're talking about 500 years or so. We know very little about We mentioned when we spoke about Shiva Goyen. We, um, he, he, he by far was the most well-known. He by far was the most prolific author. He was in, in, innovative, the, the idea of making the translation, which was a tremendous tzorech from, from that time onwards. Many, if not most of the Sfarim, would be written in Arabic. Sfarim that dealt with, with machshava and things like that, because that was the spoken language for the next few hundred years. Um, you know, the Arabs, the, the Muslims were, were a large nation, and wherever they conquered, that became that. The, um, he, was, um, he, he was fearless in fighting what it needed to be fought. The fact that he stood up against the Karoyim when they were powerful, the fact that he stood up to the Goenia at Israel was no small feat. The fact that he stood up to the to the Reish Galusa, um, which was he was very powerful, and it wasn't easy to set up with him. And he and as correctly as this Rebnis Narvani correctly said about him, he may be very smart and and there's nobody like him in Yoshimayim, but he's also not afraid to say what he thinks and the MS and is scared of no person. He, that I, I guess his advice was good advice to um, you know, to David Ben Zakai, but poor advice to Kali Yisrael Baruch Hashem, we had Rapsadia Goyen, who, who, who was, who stood his ground. Um, he died not long afterwards, he died in, nine, in 940, um, he was 60 or so when he died, but I'll call upon him in 942, 943, that, that type of, of year he died. He was, we, we, I don't know what his yard set is, I don't know if we have it, I don't think we have it, but Akoponim, Tukufas Agoinim, he probably is the one we know most and gives us into a window of, of the tremendous difficulty of that Kufak Aisol and also gives us a window into knowing the politics between the, the lay leadership and rabbinic leadership. It didn't start yesterday, not two days ago, not three days ago. <laughs> when somebody tells you it never heard that people should mischatz against Rabbanim, Ask him if he if he forgot what happened a thousand years ago, and uh, you know and, and so on. Al kapanim yizuchu baruch, and uh, that's that's the next time pick up a monis vedeis. Know know how much of us, what kind of stormy life, short life, sixty years, um, Reb Sadi endured.
Okay.